What's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Bonus Head Podcast with me, your host, Jeff D. Malveson. Um, today, we got so much to get into. Um, lots of news, lots of breaking news, too, that I saw in the past hour. But before I start, I want to give thanks to my longtime listeners who've been listening to me. Uh, thank you for allowing me to, you know, on your phones, wherever you're listening to me, um, no matter where, thank you for giving me that opportunity, that platform. Um, or you guys listen to me talk about sports, you know, a passion of mine's. And also, I want to give thanks to um, Anchor app for having me on here. Uh, you know, if you ever want to thinking of doing a podcast, being passionate about what you which what you want to talk about, use the Anchor app. Use the Anchor app. It's free and it's very easy to use. So today we're going to talk. Um, first, I want to get into the NFL. Um, the trade deadline, which was uh, yeah November 2nd. Uh, we had some notable trades. Um, Melvin Ingram going to the to the, from the Steelers to the Chiefs. Laurent Duvernay Tardif going from the Chiefs to the Jets. Um, Tavon Young going from or Kenny Young going from the Rams to the Broncos. And the most notable one is Von Miller going from the Broncos to the Rams. Um, this obviously the Broncos are in a rebuild mode. Still trying to find their footing as a franchise. Um, they get a second and third round pick in next year's NFL draft. And they also pay the bulk of, of Von Miller's salary, which is $9 million. So in Rally Rams, they're trying to win now. They get a they get a seasoned vet, a pass rusher. You line him opposite Leonard Floyd. And you got Aaron Donald. And you got Jalen Ramsey. You got... um. Also, Taylor Rapp in there. I mean, they're stacked. This team is stacked. And being that the Super Bowl is in L.A., they're going all in. They already lead the league in sacks. They're, I think, a a top 10 unit defensively, a top 5 unit offensively. They got everything, all three phases. So we'll see. We'll see how this move uh, works out in the long run. Um. Three notable names have been, you know, released, obviously for vastly different reasons. First, we go to Henry Ruggs. You know, he, uh, you know, made a mistake, as we all do. We all make mistakes, you know, and as with mistakes, you got to pay the consequences. And, you know, driving 156 miles per hour, DUI, after a fire crash where a young lady lost her life. Um... You know, that's it's unfortunate that it happened. You know, hopefully he learns from that mistake and hopefully we can learn from that mistake, too. You know, if you're about to drink, if you know you're going out and you're going to drink, don't drive. Have a friend drive you, whoever, your lady, whoever. Um, call Uber, even call Lyft. So those things won't happen. Um, Deshaun Jackson got released. Obviously, he was phased out of the offense with <clears throat> the Rams going a rotation of Cooper Cup. Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and you have a young player, Tutu Atwell, and they got Tyler Higby. So, obviously, there was no place for Deshaun Jackson in L.A. Here are the three teams that could use his services. They all happen to reside in the same division. <clears throat> Atlanta, New Orleans, and Carolina, but all for vastly different reasons. Well, maybe for the same reasons. Atlanta, because... If you put Deshaun Jackson on Atlanta, now they don't have to bracket the coverage on Kyle Pitts. 
and it gives Matt Ryan a deep threat. Because, at least for right now, you don't have Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage is hurt. The only people they really have at receiver is Alameda Zacchaeus, Tajay Sharp, and Kenny, and Kenny Blake. So now people don't gang up to try to triple team to Kyle Pitts because now he's getting a lot of attention from opposing defenses. New Orleans, um, obviously, they need receiving help. Michael Thomas out for the season. Other than Marquez Calloway and... Um, Really, Marquez Cal and Traquan Smith, they do have Kenny Stills, but still, they need more help. And Deshaun, and Deshaun Jackson will give them that help, especially with teams ganging up, trying to stop, um, you know, trying to stop Alvin Kamara. And now they have a quarterback issue. James Winston gets hurt. They have Trevor Simeon. I think really they should sign Cam Newton. <clears throat> hint, hint. Maybe even Colin Kaepernick. Hint, hint. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um... Another addition, uh, Odell Beckham, he he got released today. Um, I saw a couple notable teams that could use his service, like Green Bay. I put in the Chargers, New England, New Orleans, but all for vastly different reasons. He gives an element of, while he's not, to me, he's not a number one receiver anymore, but he still could be a complimentary piece on those teams. And especially a team like New Orleans, where they need a receiver badly. Um, but... Obviously, the timeline, second excused absence, no on-field chemistry with Baker, Baker Mayfield, and then this cryptic Instagram post where his dad said or showed clips of Odell running routes and him being open and Baker not finding him. But those don't tell the whole story. I think for me, it all dates back to when he first got there from New York in that trade. And you can tell that Odell... I don't know what it is about Cleveland, but Odell, I guess he did, didn't did fit right in Cleveland. And I, I get it. His best friend Jarvis Landry's on the team. But I think even at your place, you don't like still, still try to make the best of it. And I think he did. To his credit, he tried to make the best of it. Had a solid year his first year. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL in 2020. They made the playoffs, which had salt to the wound. They won a playoff game. So... And you can tell Baker's numbers are vastly better with Odell out of the lineup than when he's in the lineup. Because you don't have to force feed Odell the ball. I mean, you don't have to try to find ways to get Odell the ball. And you could instead rely on uh, Landry, Richard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, they have Hunter Bryant, um, what's his face, Austin Hooper, David Joku, who's having a monster year. And you got two of the best, you have the tandem, or now as a trio now, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. And a rock solid offensive line. So they're the Browns are, as what you'd say, a complete team, offensively and defensively. So maybe, you know, finding Odell a new home was the best for both parties. Separation was the best for both parties, especially in the long run. So now they could focus, the Browns could focus, you know, what's ahead. They're right now they're four and four. In my opinion, a winnable division and a winnable AFC, surprisingly. So now we uh, head to the Monday night game, which was the Chiefs and the Giants. Obviously, Chiefs won 20-17. The three takeaways I took was the Chiefs are a mess, especially on offense. I don't know what it is. Maybe it might be the Super Bowl hangover, you know, but the Chiefs have not been playing their best ball. They won 
a very ugly game. But if they keep playing like this the rest of the season, especially a game against Green Bay coming up with Aaron Rodgers not playing, they may not make the playoffs. Um, second one, the Giants played hard. Obviously, questionable penalties in the fourth quarter. You know, Joe Judge has got this team in the right direction. Say what you want about, you know, maybe he's like a Belichick clone. No, the guy can coach. Just give it time. Number three, Daniel Jones. The hate against Daniel Jones, I don't get it. This guy, he did. he's the leading rusher on the team. He even caught a pass. I mean, the guy's doing everything he can to will this team to win, and yet the Giants fans still hate on him. Yes, I, I get it. You get spoiled by Eli Manning winning two Super Bowls, but Daniel Jones can't do it by himself. His top running back is hurt, Saquon Barkley. Offensive line troubles, Andrew Thomas being out. Wide receiver troubles, Sterling Shepard got hurt. Kenny Galladay was hurt, his big ticket wide receiver, who they're paying, what, 40 or something, 40 or 50 million guaranteed, doesn't have a receiving touchdown. Had a lot of outbursts on the sideline. Um, Kadarius Toney, their most explosive receiver, is hurt. Evan Ingram, as a case of the drops, they were trying to trade him. So now Dan Jones has a has to find a way to do it by himself. And he almost won, he almost won the game. So, Giants fans, lay off the guy. He's doing the best he can. The hate should be against Dave Gettleman. That's what it should be against, the Giants general manager. And also the same for goes for Tua. I mean, granted, they should be they should be five and one instead of one and five. They've played some very close games, albeit Tua hasn't, you know, he hasn't set the world on fire, but that goes to the offense around him. So, you know, give it time with Tua. He he's a very good quarterback. Obviously, they're trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, so that's not really instilling confidence, but still. Give it time, Dolphins fans. <clears throat> so now we move to the Braves. We move to baseball. Um, Braves, obviously World Series champions, won 88 games. Um, they they lost Ron Lacuna to an ACL injury. Lost their ace, Mike Soroka, to a reoccurring Achilles injury. Acquired four outfielders to fill one of the voids. Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler. They even had, before then, Guillermo Heredia and Aria Adrianza. They have a lockdown bullpen, Tyler Matzik, AJ Minter, AJ Minter and uh, Will Smith. Excuse the noise behind me, but they, what, the Braves showed, they showed their resiliency. And then in the playoffs, it was just locked, locked down. Um, to me, the credit has to go to two places. Their manager, Brian Snicker, and their general manager, um, Alex Anthopoulos. Snicker, because as soon as their star player went out, he could have easily just said, okay, guys, this is it. But no, he kept the team going. He kept that team going. And the credit goes to him. So I'm happy for them. Also, I'm happy for the city of Atlanta, you know? So now Atlanta can't say, oh, we're cursed, we're cursed. No, you're not cursed. You want a title. You're not... Sh- you know, Chicago said the same thing in 2016, but they won the World Series. So congrats, Atlanta. But all that being said, I give credit also to Alex Anthopoulos because he was proactive. He realized, okay, we're behind. We're behind the Mets in the division. At the time, they were in second place, I think third place. And he made four trades. Now, at the time, it was, okay, so how are these guys going to get playing time? 
as at the time Rosario was hurt when he got traded, and somehow Snitker did whatever he could to find guys equal amount of playing time. And you know what? It paid off in the end. With Ayo Rosario winning MVP of the LCS and um <clears throat> Soler winning MVP of the World Series. And they all contributed. With Soler the big blow in the the big home run blow in the uh, game six. So a team that I feel that can copy the Braves of today are Tampa Bay Rays. I mean that because they're built a lot like the Braves. Um to me, they have a star player in Wander Franco, just like Atlanta has a star player in Ron Lacuna. Brandon Lau is Ozzy Albies. Mike Zanino is Travis Darno, albeit not without the offense. Um, they've got a very good bullpen, very good starting pitching, albeit they don't. They're they're young, but they're talented, but short in experience. A very good bullpen. Uh, their star pitcher Tyler Glass now is going to miss this year with Tommy John surgery. But this is a team that can... They made, they made the World Series last year, lost in seven games. But this is a team that they can win the World Series. They can follow the Braves' path. So the top free agents that I have for, you know, going into the winter for baseball season is uh, Marcus Simeon, Chris Bryant, Robbie Ray, Marcus Stroman. Um, Marcus Simeon, he chose a good time to have a good... to have an awesome year. 45 home runs, broke the American League record for home runs by a second baseman. I mean... You talk about a guy who made good on a one-year deal. That was Marcus Simeon. Chris Bryant, obviously with, with his versatility, um, he's a guy that uh, looks like I think he'll re-sign with the Giants, but you never know. You never know in free agency. And with his agent, Scott Boris, mm, things could get a little, things could get dicey. Robbie Ray, a guy who, who had a really bad, well, who had a meh 2020 season. Turned a one-year, $8 million contract into hopefully a Cy Young award-winning year in Toronto. I mean, this guy upped his strikeouts, cut down his walks, cut his ERA in half, and I mean, he balled out this year. Another guy was uh, one who he opted out last season, Marcus Stroman. Stroman, he's the wild card to me of the free agency class. This guy, as he always say, nine for every five. He's always out there on the mound. He's competitive. He'll give you a, a good outing every time out. So teams like, say, the Padres, the Yankees, the Mets, <clears throat> maybe the Braves could use his services. So now we go to the NBA. Um, here are my surprise team and even team that disappointed me already this season. Surprise is the Raptors and the Bulls. The Bulls because of their acquisitions and improved bench. The Raptors, because of one inspiring play from um, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes. That's a guy who I was surprised, the rookie from Florida State. I'd seen a couple of games of his in college, and I was like, okay, he looks like a 3 and D kind of guy in the NBA. But this guy has surpassed expectation, 18 points a game, averaging five rebounds, three assists a game on a very good Raptors team um, at this point in the season. is still early. Um, the Lakers, um, LeBron being out last night, they lost to Oklahoma City. Um, at some point, as we know, what LeBron team, Le- LeBron-led teams usually do, they always have a key acquisition, be it on the waiver wire or at the trade deadline. And I, I, I don't know. They they will make the playoffs, but it, I, I think they're a lower seed. They're just so, they're just so, they're too, too veteran heavy. 
in my opinion. They need. I know they got Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn and Horton Tucker and Sekou Dumbuya, but still, they need more. I feel they need more. So now we move right along to college football season. Week 9 now, college football. Um, a couple of games that stood out to me is a trap game. What I mean by trap game, I mean a team who's undefeated and they may overlook their opponent. Wake Forest. They're going to North Carolina. This is a trap game. Sam Howell, obviously an NFL prospect. He lost all his receivers last season to the NFL and his top running backs. This guy can still light it up. UNC can still light it up. And that the Deacons crew, they need to watch out for him. So I got Wake Forest winning in a close one, 41-38. Next up is Auburn going to College Station to visit Texas A&M. This is a game that has implications not only for who goes to the Atlanta for the SC championship game, albeit, you know, Alabama may have something to say about that. But both teams riding high. Um, this is going to be a close one. Um, but Texas A&M winning this game 31-28. Another trap game, Michigan State versus Purdue. Michigan State going to West Lafayette. Um, it's going to be a tough game, but I have Michigan State pulling it out 28-21. Um, NFL games, the games to watch out for, Green Bay versus Kansas City. Jordan Love making his first NFL start. Um, a lot of storylines here, but uh storyline for me is going to be how does Jordan Love move this offense, you know, with his first extended action. Tennessee versus the Rams, the Sunday night game. King Henry out. Uh, obviously signed Adrian Peterson, Deontay Foreman. How's that running game? How is Ryan Tannehill gonna hold up against that ferocious uh rams pass rush and then the battle of ohio cincinnati versus cleveland obviously in recent years this game you know hasn't but now now this game is lived up to is going to be living up to the building both teams trying to fight for a spot atop the afc north so i can't wait to see who's going to come out on top with that so my team of the week the atlanta braves as i've said earlier congrats on them it's been 20 25, 26 years in the making. I'm happy for them, even though I'm not a Braves fan. I'm a huge baseball fan. So it's good to see Atlanta on top for once. You know, they they, you know, they always rag on Atlanta for not being a sports town. For, so at least for now, this time period, Atlanta can say, you know what? We're on top of the world. My player of the week is the Michigan State running back. I hope I get his name right. Michael Walker III, who this guy, he's going to New York for the Heisman Trophy. This guy has been balling out, especially the game against Michigan. I mean, this kid kept five touchdowns, five touchdowns. So congrats to Michael Walker, congrats to Mel Tucker and the Michigan State Spartans. My dud of the week is, unfortunately, Odell Beckham and the Houston Astros. Tough week for them, but again, it can get better. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this has been the Bone Was It podcast. I want to thank everyone who, you know, my longtime listeners, you know, the, the people who've been with me from the start. I want to thank you guys because without you, this thing is not possible. And stay tuned. We are working on this website. It will be up soon so you can um, hear more of the Bone Was It podcast and hopefully some merch too. All right. So have a great Friday, everybody. Have a great weekend and stay safe. Yeah.